Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching Him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto Thee all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended Thee and justly deserve Thy temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them and sincerely repent of them. And I pray Thee of Thy boundless mercy and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of thy beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor, sinful being. Upon this your confession, I, by virtue of my office, as a called and ordained servant of the Word, announce the grace of God unto all of you, and in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up in salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and his judgments he uttered. newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up in salvation, if indeed you tasted that the Lord is good. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have 
glory be to God on high. We bless thee, we worship thee, we glorify thee, we give thanks to thee for thy great glory. O Lord God, heavenly King, God the Father Almighty, O Lord, the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, O Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, that takest away the sin of the world, have mercy upon us. Thou that takest away the sin of the world, receive our prayer. Thou that sittest at the right hand of God the Father, have mercy upon us. For thou only art holy, thou only art the Lord. Thou only, O Christ, with the Holy Ghost, art most high, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, Grant that we who have celebrated the Lord's resurrection may by your grace confess in our life and conversation that Jesus is Lord and God. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. The Old Testament lesson for Quaso Modo Geniti, the second Sunday of Easter, is written in the 37th chapter of the prophet Ezekiel, beginning at the first verse. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. And he led me around them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say unto them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and will cause your flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you. And you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as, as I prophesied, there was a sound. And behold, a rattling. The bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them. 
but there was no breath in them. And then he said unto me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up, and there is no hope left. We are clean cut off. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. I will bring you into the land of Yisrael, and you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. Then you will know that I am the Lord. I have spoken, and I will do it declares the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle lesson is written in the fifth chapter of St. John's first epistle, beginning at the fourth verse. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not only by water only, but by water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. These three agree. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he has borne concerning his Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God has testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe God has made God believe God has made him a liar, because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his Son. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Alleluia! He has risen from the dead, and behold, he is coming before you to Galilee. Alleluia! Eight days later, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be to you. Alleluia! Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Holy Gospel is written in the 20th chapter of St. John, beginning at the 19th verse. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being shut where the disciples were, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said unto them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said unto them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I send you. 
And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said, Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and place my finger in the mark of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Eight days later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them, and the doors were shut. But Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Ghost of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of the Father and he shall come again with glory to judge both the quick and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeded from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead, and the life of the world to come. Amen.
grants abiding peace. He brings me to the portal that leads to bliss untold, where on this rhyme immortal is found in scripts of gold, who there my cross does shed, finds here a crown prepared. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What is peace? Do we know what peace is? Well, peace is a condition in which no civilian pays attention to military casualties, which do not achieve page one lead story prominence, or they're not related to your, your, your family directly. That's, that's what civilians call peace. But by peace, if you mean a time in history when there was no fighting going on, then I have been unable to find out about it. Everything up to a declaration of war are just called incidents or patrols or police actions. But if you buy a farm in a police action or an incident, you're just as dead as if you bought one in a war that's declared. So wrote Robert A. Heinlein, who was a Navy veteran from World War II. And the disciples, they believe they're at war. They are definitely acting as they sit there cowering behind a locked door for fear of the Jews. They definitely believe they're in a war. Definitely. I mean, they have just witnessed the arrest and execution of their leader by the Jews, their enemies. And at that moment, the one thing they desire more than anything is peace. And it's at that moment, even though they're behind the locked doors, shut for fear of the Jews, that Jesus comes and stood in their midst and says unto them, peace be with you. As Douglas MacArthur once wrote, he said, the soldier above all others prays for peace, for it is the soldier who must suffer and bear the deepest wounds and scars of war. And George Patton once said that courage is simply fear holding on a minute longer. And that is what they're doing. They're behind their locked door and they're just holding on for a minute longer and then the next minute which is what many of us in this room are doing we're just holding on aren't we just a minute longer and then Jesus appears in their midst and he declares to them the thing that they long to hear more than any other word which is peace for peace and yet the opposite of peace is fear it's the opposite it's phobos in Greek, fear, from which we get the English word phobia, fears. You know, phobia of this, fear of this, fear of that, fear of something else. But the word is fear, phobia. And phobos was a Greek god, little g. In the Greek superstition, phobos was a powerful deity. He was the son of Ares, of Ares, the god of war. Sparta, for example, had a temple to phobos, and it was 
He was depicted as a fear-inspiring form that actualizes the god of terror presented by Homer. In ordinary speech, Phobos was the one who brought oppression and anxiety, and the, and the absence of fear is the opposite of Phobos. In the absence of fear, the Greeks would say, is something worth seeking. In many of their proverbial sayings, the characters in, in the Greek tragedies, they were always filled with a dread and a fear of their fate and an unknown future, comparable to an animal in abject terror. We know that feeling, don't we, most of us? It's not good. And isn't this what the disciples are feeling? Isn't that where they emotionally are at at this moment? After witnessing Jesus' violent arrest, his interrogation, his torture, and his crucifixion death. It's got to be where they're at emotionally. You see, we celebrated Easter a week ago, but they didn't. Because they're cowering behind a locked door. Sure, they heard the rumors. They heard what Mary Magdalene and the other Marys had declared. They heard, sure, Peter and, and, and the disciple whom Jesus loved declare what they saw, but, but they don't believe it. And the reason they don't believe it is because they're cowering behind a locked door. Are we cowering behind a locked door? Because you see, nothing changed for the disciples. Nothing changed for them until Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and he showed them his side where the, where the, where the javelin had gone in at. And then Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I send you. Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. And what is Jesus doing here? He's connecting, he's connecting his peace with absolution. The peace of God comes only through holy absolution. And it's given, that absolution is given to us through who? How? Through those whom Jesus sends to us. That's how we know peace. You see, their fear was driven out by Jesus' presence accompanied by his words of peace be unto you. And yet, the tragedy of this is, is that so often we do not receive this peace. We live without this peace, Right? Because we avoid the church where the peace of Christ is given with certainty. Why? And why do we do this? Well, we do this because we, make, we hide behind the locked doors of our, of, our own, of our own opinions or our own false beliefs, right? We don't go to church because that pastor there is a sinner. He is. I am. If you're looking to holiness from me, you, you are looking in the wrong direction. I have sinned against God in thought, word, and deed. I've sinned against you, my parishioners. I have failed in every way that there is. If you're not coming to church because the parishioners are sinners, then you also fail. Because they are, aren't we? You can't look, look for Christianity in a Christian. 
Because we live every day as if Christ did not matter and as we mattered most. His love, we have not let it have his way with us. And so our love for each other has failed. And if you give any other answer, you're a liar. Or we don't go to church because I'm not good enough to go to church. I'm too sinful. That is also true. You are not good enough to receive the gifts of God. None of us are. But you see, the thing is, Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Jesus came to save sinners. He wasn't coming down to earth to find saints. He was coming, just like in Ezekiel, to to cause his church to preach to a valley of dry bones that are very dry. And it's through that word that those bones take on sinews and flesh, and they live and become an exceedingly great army. See, one thing we have to understand is the church is invisible. You really can't see a church by finding a building with the name church on it. And you can't really find Christians by, by, because somebody says they are a Christian. Talk is cheap. And as I said, our thoughts, words, and deeds are indefensibly reprehensible most more, and soiled by sin more often than not. And so, yeah, you can't look to a Christian to find Christ. Yeah, but where, so how do we find Christ? Because God has not given us a spirit of fear, has he? But a power and of love and a sound mind. And there is no fear in love. And perfect love casteth out fear. 1 John 4, 18. So where do we find Christ? How do we locate this place where we are made unafraid? Well, we'll never find it hiding behind the locked doors of our hearts and our lives. We'll never find it by, by locking the doors of our hearts and our fears and cowering behind the locked doors of our, of our own personal lies that we tell ourselves and our prejudices and our pride and our anger. We'll never find it that way. Never. 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 And we'll just live our lives in fear and, and misery and anxiety and, 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 and torture in ourselves. Now we have to receive Jesus' antidote to our fears. And what is Jesus' antidote to our fears? It is his peace. The peace that surpasses human understanding. Yet how does Christ administer this peace to us? It's a good question. And the answer is in our gospel lesson where he says to the disciples, as the Father has sent me, even so now I send you. Receive ye the Holy Spirit. Whatever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. And whatever sins you retain, they are retained. In other words, Christ sends his disciples, these these men who are cowering behind that locked door, he gives them his peace, and then he sends them out. See, St. Ambrose of Milan, one of the great fathers of the early church, and he was the the one whom God used to bring St. Augustine to faith. And Augustine is the founder of Martin Luther's monastic order, the Augustinians. And Ambrose once wrote, he said, extra ecclesia nullum solis, outside the church there is no salvation. And what he means by that is not the buildings made of stone or or physical organizations with with tax-deductible status that you can write back on your taxes and get a few off. No, that's not what he's talking about. The church is Christ. Christ is the church. And apart from Christ, there is no salvation. It's Christ. And how do we locate Christ in this world that is such a train wreck? 
How? Well, Jesus tells us where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I'm in the midst of them. In other words, as we confess in our confessions where the gospel is being purely preached and the sacraments are celebrated according to the gospel, that is where Christ is found. We see Christians as they gather around Christ and Christ is present through his word and his sacraments. Yes, Christ is in the disciples' midst, just as when we gather around the word and the sacraments, we are in Christ's midst. And I know this because God's word, which always tells the truth, his holy scriptures declares to us that wherever he is, right, where two, three gathered together in his name, there he is. And I know that Christ gives us salvation in baptism. I know that he gives us salvation and forgiveness of sins through Holy Communion because his word declares it. He gives us through these things the peace that goes beyond human understanding that keeps our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And this peace is not a temporary worldly peace. Worldly peace is almost always attached to sin and gives us only a temporary, temporary lift or a temporary buzz before it leaves filth and dirt and ashes in our mouth. But the body of Christ and the blood of Christ under the bread and wine, veils of Holy Communion, leaves in our mouth the taste of everlasting life. It's the eschatological peace of knowing, as, as the church has said in Latin for, for, for two millennium, the dominos vobiscum, that the Lord is with you. Because Jesus says, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, that I abide in him and, and he abides in you. Thus it is through baptism in the Lord's Supper that Jesus gives us the conviction that, that no matter what the world throws at us, and the, and the world often throws a lot, that Jesus Christ, God the Son, is carrying us through that disaster, just like that famous picture of that New York City firefighter from the 50s where he's taking a baby out of a burning building. So Christ is taking us, his child, out of the burning building of this world's disaster and into heaven. In the name of Jesus. Amen.
be with you. I receive these gifts and serve thine altar in the preaching of thy holy gospel. In the holy Please uh, note the blue news for this week. The only thing that, that is on there that should not be is there is no confirmation this week, um, and I don't think there's any choirs meeting. Is that correct? I don't think there is. So please uh, forgive that. Um, that um, is not accurate. But everything else should be fairly accurate, I believe. And, uh, and then next Saturday is the Concordia fun, uh, fun day that we're having with Redeemer and Concordia. That's our event as well. And then also what's going on this week is uh, we have family promise here for the next two weeks. They, they arrive in the evening and there's sign-up sheets in the back. We kind of got those out a little later than we wanted to because of everything that's been going on. And um, there are some empty slots. If you can help or contribute in any way, that'd be really great. If you don't know what family promise is, what it is, it's, it's, a, it's a, uh, a church um, uh, ecumenical um, uh, ministry that we are part of with the churches in Baldwin County, several churches in Baldwin County where every church in there takes a chance, it takes a turn housing people that are homeless families. So families that are homeless. And, uh, you know, because if, if, if we don't provide that, what happens is if there's a problem. Kids end up in foster care and the parents end up in, you know, men or women's shelters. So what we're trying to do is, you know, keep the family unit together as much as we can. So if you can help in any way, that would be really, really great. Um, if you have any other questions about it, just uh, call me later, talk to me later about it. I'll give you the full, full scoop on it. There are also in the back uh, copies of a collection of essays entitled The Mercy of God in the Cross of Christ. And uh, Pastor Ross Johnson, who was, was one of our pastors a few years back, he was uh, instrumental in working on that. And he gave us a, a bunch of copies, and they're, fr they're free to you to take and read. They're very nice. I would encourage you to take one if you, if you want. You can always send us more. And then also, um, John Ulrich tells us that they're going to bring the men's steak, back, uh, men's steak dinner back. That'll be June 3rd, Saturday, June 3rd. And um, there'll be more information about that. There's a sign-up sheet in the narthex with cost. And if you have questions, just ask John as well. The Lord be with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace that is from above and for the well-being of the churches of Christ and the godly unity of all Christendom, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for those who in faith, piety, and the fear of God offer their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. For Matthew and Eric, our shepherds and bishops in Christ, for all pastors and teachers and all people, let us pray to the Lord. For our nation, all our people, for our president and Congress, our governor and legislature, our judges and magistrates, and all who serve in public office, let us pray to the Lord. For the sick and the sorrowing, for those who mourn, for those who are in need and distress, for the homebound and the infirm, especially we pray for Melissa, for Doris, for Alice, for Joyce, for Mary and Mark and Eddie and Norma, for Kim and Suzette, Bonnie and Gray, Bob and Martha, uh, for Marilyn and Marion and Meredith and James, for George and Larry Dean and Earl, for Suzette and Bob, Mallory and Mark, for Hank and Jay, Tracy and Michelle, 
Carl and Karen, Jimmy and Tina, Ainsley and Kevin, for Ron and Jesse, Ralph and Theo, Easton and Doug, Waylon and Ryan. And we also pray for the families of our parish who mourn, especially the Parsons family, the Bolton family, the Stillman family, the Blackwell and Cooper families, the, Bolt, the Blunt and Davis families, the Williams family, the Heil family, the Tatum and Rogers family, the Gross family, and the Freeman family. And we also pray this day also for, for those in service to our country's armed forces, especially Riley, Paul, Paul, and Hayden. And we pray for all of our university students, including Minnie, Noah, Harrison, Katie, Dylan, Aiden, and Jacob. And we pray, Heavenly Father, also for those to whom death is drawing near and for us all, that when our last hour shall come, we may depart this life in the confidence of the sure faith, the consolation of a right, devout, and holy hope, and in the communion of Christ's holy church. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord Recalling those who have gone before us in the faith and rejoicing to share with them the Sabbath rest which Christ has won for his people, that together with them we may be found faithful in the day of judgment and rejoice in the day of the resurrection of the dead. Let us pray to the Lord. Finally, we pray this day for all those who mourn the loss of loved ones. Um, have compassion, O Lord, upon all who mourn, upon all, upon all who are lonely and desolate. Be thou their comforter and friend, and give unto them such earthly solace as thou seekest to be best for them, and bring them to a full knowledge of thy love, and wipe away all their tears. For the sake of Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, we pray, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. 